for tuning in to the Open Door Ministry Breadcrumbs Podcast with me, your host, Barbara Smith. We are here to share our blog articles with you in an audio format. We know that people are very busy and constantly on the go, but we all still need daily inspiration in our lives. It is our goal to share a few thought-provoking morsels that will challenge you to stay actively engaged in the Word of God. His Word is the bread of life. The Case of Mistaken Identity by Barbara Smith I do love a good rerun of murder, she wrote, and every now and then I stumble upon them in my limited time of TV watching. Such was the case last week. I took my opportunity and recorded a few episodes. My humble apologies to all of the marketers out there, but even though I know everyone must make a living, I do not like to watch the commercials. Well, last night I sat down to watch one of the recordings. All the actors and actresses played their parts well, and in this series they had clean and wholesome language, which is wonderful for me. Of course, for those of you who are as old as I am might know, actress Angela Lansbury as Jessica Fletcher is the main character. She plays the unofficial detective in the show, and her character is a mystery author. In addition to the regular cast, they have guest stars that come on each show as well. This particular episode was called Fire, Burn, Cauldron, Bubble, and it first aired on February 19, 1989. The premise of the story revolves around a suspected witch, Patience Terhune, who was burned at the stake 300 years before in this little town of Cabot Cove. The townspeople were thinking they were seeing her ghost because it was coming up on the 300th anniversary of her death. However, it is two wannabe famous people visiting the town with a grand scheme to take advantage of the naivete and superstitions of the townspeople. One was an author, Gordon Fairchild, actor Roddy McDowell, trying to promote his book, and his publicist, Rick Rivers, actor Bill Maher, who is not making headway in getting the press into town, which was to assist them in their scheme. As the story evolves, a barn is burned down, and several say that they saw Patience going into the barn before it started burning. At the end of the story, Patience is killed, but it is not actually the 300-year-old Patience, but an actress who was hired by the author and his cohort. She gets killed for being in the wrong place at the wrong time when an inheritance is discovered and greed comes into play in the story. Notwithstanding, it was not her that they saw going into the barn. It was the publicist dressed in the old pilgrim outfit that she had worn to portray the ghost in the beginning of the episode. He was trying to make people think it was her. The publicist might have gotten away with it, if not for the keen skills of Jessica Fletcher, who spotted some clues in the barn because the barn did not fully burn down. His identity was mistaken because of the way he had dressed and his mannerisms and actions. And in case you are worried, just so you know, they sorted out the story and caught the real murderer in the end, as they always do. 
Another story of mistaken identity because of a well-devised plan and disguised is found in the scripture in Joshua 8 and 9. The stories of Joshua's conquests of Jericho, Ai, and Bethel were filtering to the princes and people of the surrounding cities and striking fear in their hearts because they believed they would be next. They had heard from the servants' chatter that the God of Moses had promised all the land unto his people. Putting two and two together, they gathered to come up with a cunning plan for their survival. Joshua 9 verses 3 through 6 shows the plan of action. And when the inhabitants of Jericho heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho and to Ai, they did work willily and went and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their asses and wine bottles old and rent and bound up and old shoes and clouded upon their feet and old garments upon them and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua unto the camp at Gilgal and said, unto him and to the men of israel we be come from a far country now therefore make ye a league with us they had pretended that they had taken a very long journey when in fact they were just from the neighboring towns which was found out three days later when joshua and his men arrived there however they had already made a covenant and a pact of peace with them therefore joshua would not destroy or kill them though their lives were spared joshua pronounced a curse upon them because of their deceitful behavior joshua nine twenty two through twenty seven tells us and joshua called for them and he spoke unto them saying wherefore have ye beguiled us saying we are very far from you when ye dwell among us now therefore ye are cursed and there shall none of you be freed from their bondmen and hewers of wood and drawers of water for the house of my god shall ye be and they answered joshua and said because it was certainly told thy servants how that the lord thy god commanded his servant moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you therefore we were sore afraid for our lives because of you and have done this thing and now behold we are in thine hand as it seems fit and right unto thee to do unto us do and so did he unto them and delivered them out of the hand of the children of israel that they slew them not and joshua made them that day hewers of wood and drawers of water for the congregation and for the altar of the lord even unto this day in the place which he should choose their scheme did not end up as amiable as they would have liked on the other side of the coin you hear of times when people are mistaken for someone else without any disguise they say that everyone has a double alter eagle or a look-alike or the germans would say as they have coined the phrase doppelganger the meridian webster gives an interesting tidbit about this it says did you know according to german folklore, all living creatures have a spirit double who is invisible but identical to the living individual these second selves are perceived as being distinct from ghosts which appear only after death and sometimes they are described as the spiritual opposite or negative of their human counterparts german writers coined the word doppelganger from doppel meaning double and ganger meaning goer to refer to such specters so a doppelganger would be someone who is alive that looks like you versus your ghost when you pass away 
though i am not superstitious in this way i have seen some who could pass for twins or at least close relatives who if you do not take a close look and rely on context clues could be mistaken for someone else without any effort or knowledge of it on their part you've heard people say wow they look strikingly similar to so-and-so i have also seen a few people playing around with an instagram app that shows their face then shows the matching face of a celebrity next to theirs some are surprisingly similar when you compare them up close now some identities are mistaken maybe not because of looks or actions but because of association there was once upon a time in my lifetime a mathematics professor theodore ted john kaczynski he had a strikingly high iq was a graduate of harvard university and the university of michigan and became the youngest professor at the university of california berkeley he also became highly notorious but not for those reasons originally he was from chicago illinois and he had moved to a remote cabin in montana attempting to live off the grid as a recluse rejecting all modern industrialization however it caught up with him when the area he was living in began to be logged and he said destroyed he became enraged and started his campaign to fight against it his campaign spanned over seventeen years and cost the fbi blood sweat and tears and the taxpayers hundreds of thousands of dollars in search for this maniac who in court claimed to be sane he was eventually found because of the attorney general insisting the washington post publish the story he was sending them called industrial society and its future his brother recognized things that were being said in the article and alerted the authorities who apprehended him this after much destruction three deaths and twenty-three persons injured by his bombs he was only known by the world as unabomber until nineteen ninety six though he was only seen once the sketch of him is implanted in our memories everyone we see that has a gray hoodie or any other color for that matter with sunglasses on immediately we think of him one would not say oh there goes ted kaczynski but rather oh there goes the unabomber ted is now seventy-nine years old incarcerated in the federal medical center in butner north carolina his cause is not remembered as he would have wished nor his name but his bombings and insane criminal activities are his face is not remembered but the image of the forensic sketch is remembered and associated with the words up to no good or they must be a criminal and because of this it may have wrongly cost other lives as well all because of mistaken identity due to the association with an activity time or place there are others who are recognized not mistaken at all but do not want to be known peter was an example of this in the scriptures jesus had gone into the garden with his disciples when judas came along with his payees to do his dirty deed peter gets crazy and cuts off the ear of melchus the high priest's servant to which jesus rebukes peter and tells him to put away his sword jesus urges the group to let the disciples go because he is the one that they have come for then as jesus is before the firing squad so to speak after his betrayal 
John 18 verses 16 through 27 tells the part of the story about what is going on behind the scenes. But Peter stood at the door without, then went out the other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door, and brought in Peter. Then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. And the servants and officers stood there, who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. The grueling interrogation of Jesus continues inside. Meanwhile, Simon Peter stood and warmed himself, and they said therefore unto him, Art not thou one of his disciples? And he denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinman, whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did not I see you in the garden with him? Peter then denied it again, and immediately the cock crew. Peter is literally caught with his hand in the cookie jar, looking up saying, It wasn't me. Why do people do that? Keep in mind a very serious side note of this is that this is lying. Peter's motivation was fear of being killed, fear of death. Jesus had already predicted that he would deny him three times before the cock crew. Peter was so sure that he would never, ever, but had to later repent and admit that he was wrong. Others tried to hide in the grocery store aisle in the 21st century, behind the Cheerios maybe, because of embarrassment over something they have said or done. Sometimes they try to avoid contact because of lack of self-confidence or what they would call shyness. However, those are all categories of fear. Halloween in our day and age is a popular holiday because of the costumes, notwithstanding the original and underlying meaning of the day. The costume parties and masquerade balls are all frequented by the masses. People feel some sort of pleasure or safety by escaping into an imaginary figure or world, if only for a fleeting moment. Jesus already knows our hearts, our thoughts, and our actions before we do them. Therefore, the best plan of attack, once we know we have been identified, is to just face it. We cannot hide from him. In Acts 21 verses 32 through 40, Luke records an account of Paul being mistaken for someone else. There had been a prophecy given by Abigus that Paul would be captured by the Jews and given to the Gentiles to do as they pleased with him. It says, Who immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down unto them, and when they saw the chief captains and the soldiers, they left beating of Paul. Then the chief captain came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains and demanded who he was and what he had done. And some cried one thing, some another, among the multitude. And when they could not know the certainty because of the turmoil, he commanded him to be carried into the castle. And when he came upon the stairs, so it was that he was born of the soldiers for the violence of the people. For the multitude of the people followed after, crying, Away with him! And as Paul was to be led into the castle, he said unto the chief captain, May I speak unto thee? Who said, Canst thou speak Greek? Art thou not that Egyptian? 
which before these days made an uproar and led out into the wilderness four thousand men that were murderers? But Paul said, I am a man which am a Jew of Tarsus, a city in Sicilia, a citizen of no city, and I beseech thee, suffer me to speak unto the people. And when he had given him license, Paul stood on the stairs and beckoned with his hand unto the people. And when there was made a great silence, he spoke unto them in the Hebrew tongue. This silenced them even the more. He proceeded to proclaim to them who he was, and he gave his entire testimony. Let's look at verse 38 again, where the chief priest says, Art thou that Egyptian? which before these days made an uproar and led out into the wilderness four thousand men that were murderers. Paul then had to identify himself and try to justify and plead his innocence. The Egyptian they mentioned was almost equivalent to someone referring to something they had heard about from a report in a newspaper or a TV newscast. It was reported by Flavius Josephus, a Greek who we now refer to as the first century Jewish historian. But during that time, he was a defector to the Roman forces who was a slave and an interpreter for Vespasian. Later, he was set free. He was a reporter of Jewish history putting his own spin on the stories, as all reporters do, though he was later accredited as being a very important literary source. Here is the piece written about the Egyptian whom the ruler Chilarchius mistook Paul to be. It says, There was an Egyptian false prophet that did the Jews more mischief than the former, for he was a cheat and pretended to be a prophet also, and got together thirty thousand men that were deluded by him. These he led round about from the wilderness to the mount which was called the Mount of Olives. He was ready to break into Jerusalem by force from that place, and if he could but once conquer the Roman garrison and the people, he intended to rule them by the assistance of those guards of his that were to break into the city with him. This is written by Flavius Josephus' Jewish War. There is nothing you can do about people's perception of you. The best thing that you can do is just be the best version of yourself that you can be so that they can be convinced you are who you say you are. You must not only talk the talk, but walk the walk. Two-facedness is a confusing, disconcerting, and unflattering characteristic to have and makes your claims null and void. Paul knew he was going to die and was ready. However, he wanted to die for the cause of Christ, not as a criminal because of a mistaken identity. He needed to set the record straight, and he did. Jesus wanted to be known, but felt the need to lay low and be incognito until the proper time that he should be revealed. In Matthew sixteen thirteen through 20 we read, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. 
And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. It seems that though he knew the plan, it saddened him just a little to know people mistook his identity in so many ways. You can almost feel his confidence being bolstered and his shoulders becoming a little more raised when he heard the revelation given to Peter through the Spirit, a.k.a. his father, as to who he really was. He wanted to be known and still wants to be known by us. Being known is a powerful and liberating thing. The church was not built on Peter, whom Jesus referred to as Cephas, meaning rock, but upon the revelation of his, Jesus, identity. Knowing who Jesus was and is, is critical to our believing on the work he did for us on Calvary for our salvation. Satan, who is the master of deceit, and who first disguised himself in the Garden of Eden and beguiled Eve, knew his bluff had been called when Jesus hung on the cross and gave his life for us. Satan's identity was revealed to all when Jesus said, It is finished. The date on Satan's ID card then said, Expired. When you meet someone, can they tell you identify as a Christian? Or are you hiding behind your fears? Psalm 139 verse 1 says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. You do not have to be afraid any longer. To be fully known is a wonderful feeling of freedom and relief. The entire chapter of Psalm 139 shows us how deeply and fully we are known of the Lord. And despite what he knows, he still loves us dearly. That is mind-blowing. If he knows my identity and still sticks around, I for one do not want to be anyone else. This is true love. I think it is time for us to take off our masks and update our ID cards. It's a new day. Oh, it's a new time. A new way. Thanks for joining us today. We trust you have been nourished and blessed. Always remember the Lord is faithful and His mercies are new every morning. Until next time, God bless.